Welcome to the MedTech Talent Lab, the number one catalyst for advancing careers and building high-performance teams. Sponsored by the Anthony Michael Group, helping companies secure in-demand talent in regulatory affairs, quality, clinical, engineering, R&D, and other areas for medical device, digital health, diagnostics, and other organizations across the U.S. life sciences sector. Here's your host, Mitch Robbins. Hey, LinkedIn community, how are you? Mitch Robbins here with another live episode of the MedTech Talent Lab podcast, joined by my friends and colleagues, Adam Sapi, Nick Swig, and Shannon Hayes. We come to you almost each and every week live on Thursdays at 11 o'clock Pacific, 2 o'clock Eastern, talking all things talent, especially related to the life sciences and med tech. And if you are joining us for the first time, I run a search firm called the Anthony Michael Group, where we help organizations build high-performing teams across uh, the med tech industry, primarily areas like regulatory affairs, quality, clinical, et cetera. Adam here has been working with me in one way, shape, or form for almost a decade at this point, which I cannot believe. And uh, our, our good buddies, Nick Weig and uh, Shandon, are talent acquisition professionals in their own right, uh, working directly within the industry. So guys, thanks for being back. I know we were off last week. How's everybody doing? Doing well. Better after vacation. Always nice to take a good vacation, man. You don't need a vacation from a vacation? <laughs> <laughs> TBD, right? Too much for this show. Yeah, this week goes. Yeah. Well, guys, today's topic is we're going to talk about ninja steps that candidates can take post-interview when it comes to follow-up. And the reason I wanted to make sure we cover this topic is because I've just talked to too many people recently, and I'm sure you guys would, would validate the same, is that these candidates get all hyped up for the interviews. They're excited that they've got the interviews, and then they get excited about what they hear in the interview, and then nothing happens. And it's either a, a matter of because they were given generic pieces of feedback and they don't really know the real reason why they didn't get the offer or get to move forward, or they didn't hear anything at all. And so I'm a huge proponent of trying to give as much agency to people as we can throughout their own journey, right? Their own uh, career search process. And I thought, hey, this is another element that we can give today, which is how do you really take it upon yourself to create some great follow-up so that one way or another, you have some closure, I can't guarantee what type of closure it's going to be, but this is going to definitely increase the probability of having that piece of closure so that you can move on in one way, shape, or form. Before we move on into some of the tactical pieces, would you guys agree, I mean, that that's kind of the sentiment that you hear from most candidates outside of your own organizations, of course, because you guys are can't even use the term rock stars because of our offline conversation, but... <laughs> But because you're A player professionals in the talent acquisition world, I'm sure it doesn't happen with your own companies. But is that the feedback that you get in general from candidates is like, hey, man, I just want to know where I stand. Yeah, consistently. All right. So let's jump in. I'm going to share. I'm going to kind of kick this off and give a couple action items that you guys listening can implement right away. If you're here with us live, do me a favor. Just type live down below so we know you're here with us. We'll take any questions that you've got head on throughout the show. If you'd rather uh, send them through a DM. Happy to address them offline, but not only does it let us know that you're here and that you're with us, but it really helps that LinkedIn algorithm kick in and show this uh, show to other colleagues who may find benefit as well. If you watch this back, type in replay, we'll, let you, we'll uh, be able to know that you found this at a later date. One of the things that I think can sound kind of um, woo-woo-ish is thank you notes. 
but I think that they're so important. And it's, it, it's for a couple of reasons. You guys, I want your feedback because you guys are the ones receiving these thank you notes, right? As part of the interview process. But a thank you note does two things. One, it shows your engagement, right? It does three things. Two, it helps you be a cut above for those not taking the time to do it. And three, if you handle it in this way, it really, really, truly is going to set you apart. And that is taking, so every time you have an interview, you're going to learn something new from the person in front of you, right? Taking something specific from each of those interviews that you had and incorporating that into your thank you note shows the person, wow, not only is the person engaged and interested, but they're an active listener. They really listen to what we were saying. And that's going to help you really continue to, to look like a, um, a superstar throughout the process. What I would also recommend, now this is going back a ways because uh, in-person interviews used to be much more prevalent than it is now with video. But I always used to say, bring them with you. Be prepared to drop those thank you notes before you leave the door. Go out to the lobby, write it while it's fresh in your mind, go back to the secretary, the administrative assistants, or go back to them directly, depending on the scope of what you're doing, and drop them off. You can't get more professional than that. You can't, in my opinion, when it comes to thank you notes. What do you think? I would elaborate too. I think a thank you note is crucial and I, I advise everyone to do it. And I think the other two things that it also does is one, it starts to build that rapport with somebody you might be working closely with. So that's great. And then it, it, as importantly, it opens that dialogue. Um, it gives you a chance to kind of do a mulligan like, hey, you know, if I would have had a second uh, chance to elaborate on my response here, boom, then you you acknowledge, hey, I could have I could have done a better job in this particular answer maybe. And then you'll, you know, you're, you're good there. But then it also opens dialogue. They might email you back or, or text you back with other follow-up questions or, or just, you know, offline conversations, which I think is very valuable, valuable as well. I love that, Adam. I love what you said about, hey, you walk away from the interview like, oh, I should have said this. this is a great opportunity to, to, to follow up there and, and acknowledge it. Hey, you asked me about X, Y, Z, and this is what I said. Upon, you know, reflecting on it, I also wanted to mention A, B, and C. So absolutely. And this just happened like two days ago. And I spoke with the hiring manager about this and he happened to be really impressed by the fact that they had humility to do that. And his response was what most hiring managers have. The response is, look, it's not a, a gotcha. We're not asking gotcha questions and it's not a closed book test, you know? So if somebody knows the answers or knows how to get them, that's great. That's what we're looking for. So it, not only was it not seen as a negative, but it was, they really turned things around and, and, and wowed the whole team by doing that. So Super good touch to be able to do that. It goes back to showing your engagement. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's easy to, I mean, thank you notes are really important. And, you know, I, I know when I receive kind of a canned thank you note that's like, hey, I really appreciated your time. This is a summary of why I think I would do a good job and be perfect for the role. Like, that's great. Sometimes it's hard for me to respond and then I feel badly. So really, it's about me and my feelings. Just kidding. So I love weaving in something personal about the conversation that you had, whether it's an answer that, you know, you reflected on, you're like, oh, I wish I would have said this. It shows a lot of self-reflection and awareness, or maybe it's just something funny that came up. Um, I remember I was chatting with a, a candidate for a role a while back and they were telling me how they did their work. And I said, well, wait a minute, don't you have a, a laptop? They're like, no, we don't get any laptops or computers. So I have to, you know, get really creative, which ended up giving me a lot of great information. But then in his thank you note, he's like, you know, I waited a little bit just to get back to an actual computer. And, you know, I love the little joke or somebody sent me like a comic strip, strip cartoon about something that was specifically related to like behavior changes or something that we had talked about in our interview. So it doesn't even have to be like super formal scripted, formulaic. I think that you can read the room with the type of conversation that you have with somebody. Yep. hundred percent. And 
you know, don't take this as black or white, but a lot of times you can sometimes read between the lines based on somebody's demeanor of how they respond to you. Yes, it was awesome meeting you with you. Can't wait to talk soon or you know, you'll be hearing from us sooner. Like there's hints as to what's going on too, right? Doesn't, uh, the reason I say is don't take it as black and white because not everybody plays their cards that way, but it's another opportunity for you. So absolutely do your thank yous. The next thing I would say, if you haven't done this within your research phase of preparing for your interview, make sure that you're connected with these people on LinkedIn. It's another way that you can be communicating with them once your first connection. So make sure to connect with them. Th send your thank you note and then send them a thank you, uh, or excuse me, a, a LinkedIn request because now it's opening up just another, av another avenue where you can communicate, which when we get into ninja steps, you're going to see why this is, why this is uh, beneficial. Guys, is there anything else on either connecting on LinkedIn, thank you notes, anything else that you want to mention before we get into maybe some of the things that are a little bit out there? Only thing I'd say about LinkedIn is I would recommend doing it before the interviews. If you're going to get ghosted, you're going to get ghosted, but it, it helps because mo most people are going to accept your 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 LinkedIn invite, especially if you're going into an interview with them in two days or something like that. So that way, if they do accept it, and then after the interview, they would maybe be more likely to not accept it. You're already you're already connected with them, and you can do some of the ninja steps to help help get some feedback. So that'd be my only recommendation: is do it upfront rather than after the interview. I'll say with the caveat of you know, tee it up correctly. Cause I've had interviewers that candidates have done that. And that's really wigged them out of, of sending a LinkedIn invite before the interview. Yes. Before the interview. And, you know, for whatever reason, I don't know if it was the approach, but it just kind of made them a little uncomfortable. Um, so accompany it with a simple note of, Hey, really looking forward to our conversation on, you know, the 20th wanted to add you to my professional network or yeah. tee it up as with some sort of note. That's a, appropriate to where you're at in the process and the the individual that you're speaking with or trying to connect with. And I'd go out on a limb to say that's got to be the exception versus the general response. The fact that I they were- I think so. Yeah, yeah. Facebook request is one thing, but I, I, I don't know why a hiring manager would be- what, what Is there more, Shandon, that you're willing to say? You know, I and I don't know. And I think that it, I don't know if it's, you know, sometimes you get the, this person's been looking at your LinkedIn profile. Maybe that popped up mm. a couple of times, but I do mm. think that hiring managers and Nick, I'm curious to hear your, your viewpoint too, since we're, we're both kind of on the other side in the corporate world. But I think sometimes hiring managers aren't entirely sure, interviewers in general, aren't entirely sure what to say to people, even just to close an interview. Like, yeah. um, you know, so even just basic, so they're not entirely sure what to say, or they haven't been in the job search. So they're not aware of like some of the common practices of, you know, looking for a job in 2023. So I think that it has, it does have to do with the interviewer and their personal experiences and how you approach them. You know, if you write them a big, long novel, that's going to be a little bit of a tougher sell. <laughs> yep. Yep. But I don't know, Nick, what have you experienced with the interviewers that you've coached over the years? I would agree that it is um, not a high percentage, but a small percentage, maybe 10% of the time, um, managers and interviewers are um, off put by a LinkedIn invite in advance of the interview. And I honestly think it has more to do with the fear that, hey, I may have to be in the position of rejecting this candidate, right? We may have a breakup and this could get weird, right? It's the same idea that you're not going to go on a first date and then friend them on Facebook or Insta uh, because that's going to be a little bit presumptuous, right? It's um, we're already good friends, even though we've never actually spoken before. So 
again, I think it's a small percentage of the time, but because the small percentage, when it does happen, the reaction is is pretty negative, to be honest. It's one thing to go ahead and open that negative door, I think, post-interview. I think you run a real risk if you do it before the interview, because you can really bias that interview if the person's already thinking, oh, this person's like a salesman, you know, or whatever. So I, I probably just out of an abundance of the caution would wait until after, um, at least for the invite itself. I absolutely make it a habit no matter what. Even if I don't pay attention to the profile of the person I'm going to be interviewing, I click on it because I want them to believe at least that I've done my research even if I have it. <laughs> so <laughs> you want a little bit of that, you know, hey, I'm going to be interviewing with Mitch. What's his background? What's his, his perspective? Let me prepare for this interview. And I don't think I've ever had that um, come up as a negative and largely because I, I don't think a lot of managers or interviewers even know or take the time to look at who's viewed their profile. Um, so it's a little bit different where sending an invite is a little bit more uh, direct. But I'd add that once you are connected or even if you're not connected, click on the person's connections to see who you might have in common. Right. Yeah, mutual because, connections. Yeah, if your boss from your your last job happened to work hand in hand with this person you're interviewing with, might they be a, a good backdoor reference? Like, hey, John, you know, I see you're connected to Susan. I'm interviewing with her on Tuesday. Do you have any advice for me? Number one, and number two, um, any chance you want to pop her a quick note and say, hey, I, I noticed you're going to be interviewing uh, someone I know. That's where I think we get into the ninja steps of really thinking beyond kind of the stuff in every talent acquisition recruiter seminars is really thinking about who does this person know that's within my network and how can I leverage my network to set me up for the best success? And speak, so let's get back so first of all, this is why I love the show, because I do appreciate the, the varying viewpoints. I, I really do. As far as the follow-up that Ninja Steps, before I share things, what would you say? I think that's an awesome one, except I would take what you just said, and you could even use that on the back end. Okay, I interviewed. I'm going to go back through my common connections. I'm going to call my buddy, John, or whatever, right, who seems to have known this person. Say, hey, do you know this person directly? I just interviewed with them. I want this job. Would you send a note? Say, hey, I heard you interviewed so-and-so. You can't go wrong or something like that, right? So that's one piece. What else would you guys want to share about Ninja Steps Candace can take during their interview follow-up to really put the ball in their court as best as possible? This might be a little bit controversial. One, one thing I like is if somebody, especially if you're not maybe working with a recruiter, an external recruiter, demonstrate that confidence and say, hey, enjoy our initial conversations. Offer up professional references. You know, I can get you four to five uh, professional references up, down, and sideways that that you might want to call or even tee it up and here's their phone numbers, whatever else, uh, or offer up a case study, to offer up to do an assessment or, you know, kind of a, you know, work uh, example or, you know, uh, practice assignment, th things like that. Nine times out of 10, I think they won't take you up on it anyway, but it at least in my opinion, demonstrates uh, confidence and engagement uh, and interest in, in continuing the process and getting the job. Anybody else? I'm like, who goes first? You go, Shannon. Sorry. No, I, I think you know one of the one of the pain points I think for a lot of job seekers is is just being ghosted. So, and you may or may not. This might also be controversial. You may or may not feel comfortable with this. But before you close the interview, you know, saying something to the tune of, "Hey, I've really enjoyed our our conversation today. I'm very interested in your role for these reasons. When can I expect to hear back from you?" And then 
as the candidate, make a little like check mark so that if you haven't heard back from them, odds are they probably got really busy. You can follow up and follow, then follow up your thank you note with a, hey, I, you know, I know that uh, you've probably been really busy. Just wanted to check in and find out if there are any updates on my candidacy, if, you know, I can help schedule next interviews or whatever that the appropriate tone of that conversation is. So that might be a little bit, people might feel uncomfortable doing that, but that is also a way that you can, A, help your very, very busy hiring teams manage the hiring process and decrease your likelihood of getting ghosted. But number two, I think it also tells you a lot about the company and the culture and that, you know, the people that you'd be working with. It can for sure. Maybe that's a good interjection point too, to say, hey, are there any questions or concerns I, that I didn't address, you know, during our interview last Thursday, very happy to elaborate there or happy to provide mm-hmm. professional references or whatever I can do on my side to help you know, continue the process, a little gentle nudge um, Mm -hmm. along the way too. And if I could edit just a tiny bit um, Shandon's um, sort of advice, which I agree with completely, it is I have observed that the frequency of response, getting a response goes way up if you do not ask a question. I don't know why, I can't explain it, but when a candidate says, when can I expect to hear back? Very often they won't get any response at all. Whereas if you don't ask any questions and instead say have great, great time interviewing, happy to answer any additional questions. Here are my references. You have a great day. No questions. For some reason, the chance of getting the information that you were going to ask um, goes way up. And the only thing I can think anecdotally is that um, when you receive an email with questions, there's this obligation to respond that is immediately created. And I think because people that work at companies get so many sales emails every day in the 30 to 50 a day range, you, you have that instinctual, like visceral reaction, right? Whereas when someone sends me just a nice, hey, it was great to connect. I really appreciate your time. You know, and that's it. There's no question. Suddenly there's no obligation for me to reply and I'm more comfortable replying. I don't know if you've observed the same thing. Mitch, Adam, you talk to candidates sending these emails all the time and I'm sure you know that you don't, you don't hear back 100% of the time. And I've just found question-free emails get responses more often. That's interesting. I remember you saying that on a previous show too, Nick. And uh, whereas Mitch and I, you know, we're trained on the opposite. Like it's got to be a direct ask. Otherwise it's just, you know, no one will respond. And it'll be interesting maybe to beta test that and and see. It it, Logically, it makes sense. Like I'm probably more likely to respond to somebody too. If if they're not, hey, can you tell me by Friday at two if I'm your selected candidate or not or whatever it is, I I have that wall uh, up too as well. So that's interesting psychology. We need to to ask our scientist candidates right now watching, um, please design a study. And as you go through this interviewing process, you know, I I recognize your job's on the line here, but please uh, do this study. Tell them, does this work? Am I right? Am I crazy? But I'll have to ask my friend. She's actually a neuroscientist. So, and I I, I think the caveat, I think the caveat is if the person, especially if the person you're following up with isn't the hiring manager, even if they are, if you ask a direct question, sometimes they can feel put on the spot. And, you know, especially if they're not moving forward with you, that makes that probably makes them feel uncomfortable. I will say the caveat is if you're interviewing for some sort of like business development or sales role, remember your ABCs, y'all, and always be closing and asking for those, you know, next steps. Uh, One more uh, ninja idea is, um, and this will sound strange, but 
Look at the past companies you've worked at. Say positive things um, about them on LinkedIn. It really says a lot about you if um, you see one of your former employers so excited to get see the FDA approved their their you know schizophrenia medication. Um, all my friends that are still there, congratulations! I'm raising a glass to you. Right there's the sense of oh wow, this is someone who's really invested in the company's mission, vision, and values. And even though they're not there, they still carry that with them. They're going to be a great brand ambassador for us while they're here and even beyond. So I, I think that's, you know, these are little things. It's not overt. You're not shoving it in the hiring manager or interviewer's face. But what happens is when you've had these connections with a candidate, when you've had these email exchanges, the algorithms start to to notice that you know each other. And so it's going to start to, to take your feed, your, your, your feed on LinkedIn and serve it up to people that you're in contact with. Um, so um, that's a good way, a sneak attack way of, of kind of putting your brand out there without actually shoving in their face. That's awesome. And in addition to the LinkedIn invites to the, the key stakeholders that you're interviewing with, make sure to follow that company too, uh, because for, for the same similar reason. So these are all great things. I've got a, a couple more that I can share, but I think at the end of the day, you have to, you, you got to create yourself a process that you can use over and over again. Because assuming that you're going to have more than just this one interview, you're going to interview with multiple companies, have yourself a process that is kind of turnkey and you know what to do after the fact, right? So step one, I'm going to make sure to have decent notes on at least some bullets of what everybody talked about so that I have something to recall when I send my thank you notes. If I'm interviewing in person, I'm going to send, I'm going to drop them off before I leave the place. I'm going to connect with these folks on LinkedIn. The minute that they're connected, I'm going to take out my phone. Yes. And I'm going to create a selfie video. I'm going to say, hey, thanks so much. I'm excited about this. And here's why. And here's how I think I can help. I'm going to send a video. Nobody's going to send a video. I would say 99% of people are not sending thank you video notes. So send a thank you video note because automatically, whether or not they're moving forward with you, you automatically stand out. You're much more likely to receive some sort of reply. Because if you're going that direction. How am I going to feel if I don't respond to you? And the guy took the time to send me, you know, a personalized video, right? right. That's how I look at it. The next thing is you want to have a cadence to your follow-up because what is the follow-up now? I think in sales, I think it's 12 times now. I think it used to be seven or eight, but it's like 12 times before somebody remembers your name or says something. It takes 12 different touches to make touches, something happen, yeah. right? So your first touch is maybe you sent the connection request ahead of time, maybe you didn't, but let's say you did. Okay, one touch. Then you interviewed with them. That's only two touches. By the time you go to follow up, that's only three touches. And we're saying that on average, it takes people 12 to remember you, right? So yes, it's a little bit different in an interview. I'm not saying you got to touch these person 12 times. What I am saying is you want to have a cadence to your follow-up because just because they didn't respond doesn't mean that they're not interested. To Shannon's point, everybody is super busy. I know companies right now that are clients of ours that want to hire people and we're having a hard time getting them to give feedback about people that they're interviewing. So it's not a matter of it's not black and white. We're not interested because they didn't respond. No please, news is please bad news. Yeah. Understand that. So as far as a cadence, I'm curious about your guys' opinions on this. When I say cadence, I'm talking about the different touch points of where you're going to follow up. So maybe on day one, you send the thank you video, like I said, on LinkedIn, and you didn't hear any response. And now it's day three. Okay. Are you going to send a follow up? Hey, Nick, thanks again. Thanks so much for meeting with me. I don't know if you had the chance to see the video that I sent you. Looking forward to hearing from you. That's the second follow up right? And maybe that's on day three. Maybe you want to stretch it. You want to, you want to be like, okay, day one, I'm going to email them, or day one, I'm going to send the message. I'm not going to follow up till day five. I'm going to give three business days in between. You be, you know, you be the determinant of that. You could do like day one, day three, day seven, 
okay, I followed up three times over a week. You could do day one, day five, day 10, day 12, whatever it is, have a cadence of follow-up, right? And it could be across different channels. Some people check their LinkedIn every 10 minutes. Some people don't go on LinkedIn for a whole week. So use email, use voicemail. If somebody gave you their cell phone number, don't be afraid to call them or text them. Nobody said you can't, right? That's If you're not doing it, it's in your head. Oh, I probably shouldn't do that. Well, who said you shouldn't do that, right? So all these different methods of communication, text, email, phone, LinkedIn, they're all at your disposal. Now, the other major, major kind of guardrail is you got to make sure that you make these people feel comfortable. And you guys were saying it during the thing. Nobody wants to feel pressured. Because if you put pressure on, they're going to run away and they're going to avoid and they're going to bury that email in their email and kind of make excuses for themselves as to why they're not responding. You got to give them outs, right? I get that you're busy. If there's any questions I haven't answered, happy to, you know, hope you're having a great day. Leave it, right? And we could talk more about the nuances of communication as far as how to make them comfortable. But the overarching principle is you got to make them feel like there's an out, right? Remember who the decision maker is. Because... If you follow up three times with somebody that you interviewed with, who is just a part of the interview, hire, like the hiring team, but they're not the hiring manager, right? it might not make a whole lot of sense, but it might make sense to CC the hiring manager on your, on your thank you note to this individual. So I think also remember, remember and, and understand who you're talking to in different stages of the process. Yep. hundred percent. That's a good point. And I would say... This is off the top of my head, okay? This is not a hard and fast rule, but I would say if you've done diligent follow-up over the course of two weeks and you haven't heard back, let's move on. There's it, some, you're either gonna get an out of office and okay, the person's out, I gotta wait. Or, but if you haven't gotten that and you've followed up over the course of two weeks diligently in different creative ways, you've given them outs and you made them feel comfortable and you're still not getting a response, do you wanna work there anyways? That's how I look at it. I'll come back to the, one piece of messaging as far as the out in a second, but I want to go back to what Adam said about the projects. This is Ninja, okay? And it takes a lot of work, but it's there's a reason we're saying it's Ninja, right? That's because very few people either know about it or take the time to do it. And that is, if you're doing your interview well, you're asking in the interview, what do you see as the two, if not three, critical priorities you're hoping this person can come in and address right away? Or what would you identify as the number one challenge that's happening right now in this functional area or within the organization, depending on the scope of your role, right? And you understand what that is. You're gonna take that away. Clearly in the interview, you're gonna talk about relevant experience that's gonna help identify or address those priorities, right? But you're gonna take that away. You're gonna go back and you're gonna create a small project. And the project really is, hey, you mentioned you guys are struggling with X, Y, and Z. What I did was I came up with a quick PowerPoint acknowledging what the issue is and how I would go about addressing it. I'm not saying you know that this is the hard and fast, but based on my experience, here's what I thought could help, boom. Send it. I don't, I've only known a couple people so far to do it. And the, re, and it was out of this world, how it was received. And this is, this is the project that is not part of a, a working interview. They didn't ask you to do this. This is you taking what you've learned in the interview and going above and beyond saying, whether or not you hire me, I hope this is beneficial to you. Yep. You're not going to say those words verbatim, but in essence, that's the message that you're sending. Yep. Does that make sense? What do you guys think of that? I love it. That's next level stuff for sure. Yeah. And I think, again, remember the role, remember your audience. We actually, I, I remember I was hiring for an engineering manager role and the candidate didn't do that necessarily after the fact, but they had, you know, on-site interview loop. Remember the days that that happened? They had been listening through all of these like six or seven interviews. And so when they were wrapping up with the hiring manager and they were walking out, they're like, oh, hey, you know, I remember that, you know, you guys have been talking about this throughout the interviews as a problem. Have you thought about X? 
and kind of continued the dialogue there. And they were actually hired for the job. Um, and it was mentioned in the in the debrief, like, wow, like it was actually a pretty good, like a pretty good idea and suggestion. And, you know, so I think that that is it really is a way. And, and you know, you can make it as simple or as complex as you want, depending on the role, depending on the level. But it shows that you've paid attention. There's a genuine interest. You've got a lot of excitement and drive and initiative to put towards this work. Yep. So just to follow, I mean, circle up on the messaging, as you get further into your messaging cadence, you want to give more and more outs and make them feel more and more comfortable. Nick, I realized that I reached out to you a couple of times. I want to acknowledge that it's really okay if for some reason I'm not the right fit. It's no no problem at all. However, it'd be foolish of me not to follow up. And I hope that you can appreciate, you know, why I'm doing so. If you would kindly let me know where I stand either way, that'd be great. If not, I understand. If not, I understand is letting them out, right? Hey, if you don't want to uh, respond to me, it's nothing I can do. The last message, this is something that was taught to me, God knows how long ago, but it's brought me so much success because of this one line, because there's so much psychology in the line. I'm going to share it today. And that is, Shannon, I get that there's a fine line between being a pest and being persistent. I certainly hope you find me to be riding the, the persistent side of that line. And what you're, you're basically acknowledging, like, okay, I've followed up a lot of times. Hopefully you see the fact that I'm, I'm being diligent. I'm being persistent. It's a good quality. Let me know either way, man. The wild, I had somebody you know, do that the other day. What's that? I had somebody use not those exact words, but I had somebody put that in their in their follow-up email to me the other day. Did you respond? I did. I did. And I, you know, I was like, hey, I actually appreciate it. This has been a really crazy couple of weeks and you're being politely, politely persistent. Please feel free to keep it up. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, hey, if it's a marketing or a product, you know, whatever the role is, you're like, that's who I want. Pushing my product to the physicians, to the, you know, the clinicians and surgeons and sales team, whatever it is, you're like, I respect that about you. That's a great characteristic to have for this role specifically and for our culture of our company. And I was just saying, now that I've announced that messaging publicly, Adam and I now have to change the way we approach our marketplace. (laughs) They'll be like, we're on to you. Anyways, guys, any last minute thoughts? I think that's all I I wanted to make sure that I shared today. Uh, I was just going to say one of the most common challenges to everything we've just talked about, I don't have the interviewer's email. Right now, there's two solutions to this problem because this is a problem that happens all the time. Easiest, ask the recruiter for the email or ask if they would be kind enough to forward a thank you note. But the second, if there's no recruiter involved and some companies don't have recruiters, another sneaky way of figuring out the person's uh, email is that you put one email in the two box and then you put a bunch of other guesses in the blind copy. So Mitch Robbins at anthonymichaelgroup.com, Mitch.Robbins at anthonymichaelgroup.com, mrobbins at anthonymichael.com, Robbins, Mitch, right? You try five, six different iterations all in the blind copy because here's what's going to happen. Mitch is going to get that email. He's not going to look at the two field. He's not going to realize you put the wrong email. When he replies, now you have the email. There you I go, think Nick just won the Ninja the Award. Yeah. What's that? I think Nick just won the Ninja Award. That is well, so good. This is my uh, our recruiter skill, right? So if I'm trying to recruit somebody at a company and I don't have their contact, and more often than not, I have sourcing tools that give me contact info. But when I don't, that's the trick I use. And believe it or not, no one in my entire career has ever noticed that the email I sent in the two field was the completely wrong email. They just hit reply and uh, there I had the, for the rest of the time I worked with them, I had the, the right email address. So, And it's because they won't see it. 
Because you use the BCC. Exactly. And uh, typically you only get one of them. It's not like you're going to get all five because you've only got the one email. So, And I'm going to drop one more here and say, if you want free tools, free tools that will give you somebody's email and test the email, send me a DM. I'm not going to announce it on the show. I'm going to drop the care and say, if you're listening to the show, you've made it all the way through, you send me a DM and I'll send you the tools. (laughs) Do we have any questions from LinkedIn? Guys, last minute, thank you to Shandon. For those who are with us live, any questions, any thoughts, any comments from today's show, throw them in, we'll answer them right now. And uh, don't do it too fast because you're going to overload me here. Just kidding. While, while that while those come in, I would say too, Nick, a lot of times the candidate's going to receive a, either a calendar invite and a lot of times the team's link is embedded or whatever. Most of the time, I'd say 80% of the time, you, you might disagree with me, but it's going to go to the hiring manager and to the candidate. So if you reply all, if you open your invite from two days ago and reply all, you'll see their email address. So a lot of times that's another way to, to get an email address if you don't have a LinkedIn connection and and the the logic, the email logic. The one piece I would say too is as a growth mindset piece, do some reflection every time you interview. There's uh, You didn't get 10 out of 10 or 100 out of 100. So where did I miss the mark? And prepare for that because your goal is to be a stronger interviewer next time and the next time and iterate you know, positively. So I, I would I would make sure that's one of the ninja steps too to do post-interview, really do some self-reflection and find out where you maybe missed the mark or could have could have done a better job. If it's behavioral-based questions, which like people like Nick ask a lot and they can probably trip people up, really focus on that. Prep with an outside recruiter. Uh, study, you know, there's podcasts on it. There's a lot of content on that and you can read it online too to, to be better. So that way your next interview tomorrow, you knock it out of the park in, in that area. Yeah. And also just to tag onto that, we talked about the cadence of following up right? Give them, a, give them an opportunity to say, look, at this point, I'm not sure if you've selected somebody else, if I'm still in contention. If I'm not, I would love any constructive feedback that you want to provide. I'm constantly trying to professionally, you know, or trying to work on myself professionally and personally. If there's any nuggets that I can take away to help better myself, I'd be very grateful. Yeah. Because people want to help you. Yeah. That's a great, a great way to ask it too. All right, guys. Well, no questions in the comments. We've got some shy birds on with us today, but that's okay. If you do have questions and you feel more comfortable sending them offline, please do. I want to, I want to make sure we help you guys to the best of our abilities, but nonetheless, thank you for being here either live or on the replay. And uh, we'll see you next week with another episode all related to talent. Thanks guys. Thanks for listening to the MedTech Talent Lab podcast. For more content-rich episodes, log on to theanthonymichaelgroup.com or subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform.